ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Uncomposed. This week, we're going to talk loosely around the concept of you, the person who is right now learning how to become a composer and how eventually in your career you will get better and then get hired and, and you'll have to deal with directors. So we're talking to you, someone who's about to learn how to compose or someone who's a beginning composer right now or wants to learn how to get into this, and also the director who will eventually hire you and say, hey, can you do this? To which you would respond, no, because that question's ridiculous and I wish you would listen to this episode of the podcast. Hey! <laughs> so we're going to teach, we're going to talk a little bit about how to get into being a composer and then also uh, how directors should talk to composers when they hire them. So my name as always is Teague Christie and I'm sitting here with Alex Ruger. Hello. Kyle Newmaster. Hey. And Gordy. How's it going? The Hab. See, usually on the shows, there's like, there's like, a, there's like a, like a nice, like, my bad. like a nice little middle beat the thing hab. going on where it's like, you know, Alex, the blah, 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 Ruger. The and Gallows, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Trey the Amazing Stokes. It's got a cool, like, punchy name, and we haven't figured that out for each other yet. Yet, I don't know what we're going to do with it. Well, yet. yeah, on the forum, I'm the Harbinger of Doom. You're so. the Harbinger of Doom. <laughs> I, li- yeah. I like Gordy the Hob. Gordy, Gordy the Hob. Yeah. Gordy the Hob. 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 Whichever that. works for you, but Hab. It is Hab. <laughs> Right, it is Hab. Yeah. Hab. Okay, cool. Yeah, ah, I like the Hob better. Yeah, I like yeah. I, I like Hob too. It sounds Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so Volkswagen Hob. We'll start yes. with we'll start with you. With an H. Um, let's say uh, wherever you happen to live. Um, you know, if you want to score films and you and it, well, if you haven't written music, just write music for whatever. But you know, like whether it be your, you know, you've got two friends that play. You know, flute and didgeridoo or something, right? Write, write a, write a for duet for guys. flute and didgeridoo. You know yeah, what I mean? That could be cool, actually. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I can imagine cool. that working. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I mean, if you want to write for film, you know, if you just seek out somebody that you know, that makes a film. I mean, it could be yeah. anything. You could find somebody to make a film. Maybe you make yeah. a film, whatever. Yeah. Just find a place for you to be able to do that. Yeah. And then maybe if you don't know, have the slightest idea how to do that or, or you don't have a teacher seek out try to find a mentor somebody in your area that can yep. teach you or find there's plenty of online stuff now on youtube and stuff like that that can teach you whatever you want to know so basically i would say seek out uh if you want to score films seek out find someone uh, who's making them find, find yeah. someone who's making one uh you living Reddit. in the middle of nowhere thinking to yourself ah but i don't live in new york no, Chicago, it, it, la london sydney like right. vancouver yeah there's people making movies near you if you Absolutely. don't know where to go just look at nearby colleges. If they have anything like a film program, then show up, there. meet up the like minute after Se- class and say, hey, are you making something? Can I score something? I mean, se- yeah. secondly, like you don't have to be, I mean, basically you got to market yourself. It's like you said, like, yeah. but when we, it's only like 10 years ago, but when we first yeah. started, I remember I actually went to USC, UCLA, mm-hmm. AIF, put and, flyers, and put up, up flyers and... with actual hard physical CDs. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh like shit, did that folder. work? Did it work? Uh, I, I got a couple. Yeah, of I got a couple of jobs it, doing you know? it that way too. I mean, you know, uh, now you would never do that. You just put I mean, a link to your website. But there, they oh, I want a copy of the CD. I mean, it was yeah. like you know, I kind of right. like that though. Like yeah. even now, kind of old school. Like, it's kind of punk rock. Cassette tape. Yeah, that might be. This is before you send. What if you did it with cassette tape and a Walkman? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> They're going to be put, like, and, this guy has no samples. I want to do that right now, not to demonstrate my scoring ability. I will present it like I'm a composer who wants to show people how good I am at composing music. Yeah. I want to do everything we just said. But put an Enya tape in there. That would be unbelievable. <laughs> and just tape their reactions. Or what if and you, the crazy uh, what, part is you might get a job. I know. It's it very possible. Totally. What if you Rickroll them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> da, 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 ba, ba, ba. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, let me ask you this. Rick I, we'll, we'll take that exact concept. We'll bring it into the future. Um, <laughs> when you're looking at a musician's portfolio site for their film score stuff, what do you even put there? 
I mean, do you, are, is it the sort of thing where it's just like, okay, here's nine samples for nine different types of scenes right. or um, what, 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 what would ever anyone even demonstrate with? I mean, I, I personally think that you want to demonstrate what makes you different than the rest of the crowd, because there's a lot of people and I, and I see this all the time. And, you know, and I mean, even when I was first starting out, I did the same thing. And, you know, I mean, you, you can get some success out of doing it this way, but more likely not uh, of folks having a a demo on their website where it's uh you know here's my john williams sound here's my danny elfman sound here's my mm-hmm. Hans zimmer sound here's my you know this and uh you know i mean all these you know sort of you know i guess at best second rate versions of somebody else's right. thing right you know but nothing that is your thing and you know i mean somebody going to these your website and listening to this demo i mean they're they're looking for somebody that's going to bring a new voice to their film and um you know you're, you're always going to sound better doing what you do best so i would say put that you know at least you know to the forefront you know what is it that you love doing most i mean when i first started out i mean i came out here and i've always had a, a real love for uh, horror films and it was my goal when I when I came out here and I said I'm I'm going to get into film scoring, and all I want to do is score horror films. Awesome. And every single thing I wrote while I was at USC was geared towards building my horror film sound as a <clears> demo. <throat> I mean, I I think I even scored a scene from A River Runs Through It, and it sounds like something you know out of like <laughs> Halloween or you know some <laughs> slasher movie. And you know, I mean, I, I saw it as an opportunity to. Here, you know, build this, you know, this body of work and demonstrate what I wanted to do. And, uh, and it worked. I mean, you know, the first, I don't know, probably 15 films I did were all horror films. And I was Fuck. very happy doing it because it was something I loved and it built a larger body of work. And, you know, I, I think that's the key is, is figure out what it is that you love doing the most or what you do best and put that in the foreground mm-hmm. because, you know, doing, yeah, I mean, it- I think, yeah. I mean, everybody should do that for sure. I mean, like, seek out, we're talking about, like, where to go find the people. Like, right. When you liked horror films, I don't, you know, like you said, like, 10 years ago, there probably wasn't uh, tons of websites with filmmakers right. all over the place. But, sure. you know, starting, like, five, six, seven years ago, that started happening. Like, when I remember when I wanted to get really into sci-fi scoring, mm-hmm. I was mostly scoring, and I like scoring every kind of film, but I sure. was doing dramas totally, and comedies, and I wasn't getting any big epic-type scores, and I was like, right. I, I love sci-fi, an adventure and so i uh had a mentor i know i think you studied with him too yeah yeah i think you told me about him uh, mm-hmm. what's the same again uh, mark zickery yeah who uh yep. had a mentoring thing and his his whole thing was like go find the people that are doing that, what and you- he and he suggested seeking out the fan sites and so i think right. now those are bigger than ever like right when i first started doing sci-fi stuff i uh i went to the force.net which still exists yep and uh found filmmakers that were doing star wars fan films right and uh, started doing that, and I uh, met people, really great people on there, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, actually, I think that's, I don't think Teague and I officially met there, but I think Teague was on there at the same time, forced yeah, on that. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, well, we certainly, you know, met. Well, obviously through Ryan through, versus Dorkman. Yeah, through Ryan versus but Dorkman, I that's think, how we uh, met. But, um, but I, it's, a, you know, point is, is there's all these communities of fan sites where you can go yeah. and, uh, let's say you're a big fan of, you know, uh, I don't know Iron Man or something or right. whatever. Go go find the fans of that that are making the fan films and yep. score them or you know just find a way into your interests. And I think then what you're talking about that will come out if you're writing music for something you're passionate about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And I mean you know and I think uh, you know probably if 
anyone listening knows any of my body of work, a lot of people will probably think of me as doing the, you know, doing Star Wars and doing that quote, John Williams, big orchestra kind of sound. But in all honesty, that came out of my love for trying to do horror films. And that's in fact how I met uh, Michael Scott because he, which is kind of funny because that asshole. Well, it's funny because yeah, you were like, uh, horror film guy right at that point in time and you were sci-fi <clears throat> and i was doing and, and i had just done a big star wars fan film yep where we did a uh, big orchestra recording at right. warner brothers you guys are like the film score equivalent of a little bit country a little bit rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah. but no we actually used that as a demo to show mike and ryan yeah exactly. and they were like oh like, we want to do a big how orchestra we do recording for us and yeah. but um, i had met mike because he had put did a, his horror film because i did a horror film yeah. that mike had had uh, directed and that's how Monkey's we met and Monkey's Paw. Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't even know you did that. That's oh, yeah. Cool. That's that's how we met. And he said, oh, by the way, I did this Star Wars fan film. And, and you know, look, first of all, I, I love horror films, but Star Wars is my my shit. Yeah. I grew <laughs> Star up Wars is a little glowing so, orb in my life. Yeah. I mean, you know, as much as I love horror, the opportunity to do anything has to do with Star Wars is like think anybody know, between like yeah. a 10 year period of time. That's yeah. Basically, that's their shit. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, I saw that opportunity. I was like, yeah, um, yeah I would love to score something that has to do with Star Wars. Let's uh, do this. Uh, Gordy would you like to do some like star wars music yeah may I question mark maybe yep and oh I- yeah maybe i mean yeah, <laughs> if i have time <laughs> and you know and i know that, of course kyle and i were buddies and i, I knew that he had just uh done a, a, a star wars fan film and and was able to do it with with an orchestra and you know found a way to raise a budget and we put our heads together and found a way to raise a budget to do ryan versus Dorkman we too and like, we co-scored it they were kind of like kickstarter before kickstarter they basically yeah, said i mean hey I'm not, fans give us money right <laughs> i mean i'm not saying that kyle and i invented kickstarter no. but <laughs> but uh but when kyle and i invented kickstarter Who here's how we did it so uh <laughs> We, and we we raised Actually, enough money Ra- to, Mike to and have Ryan an orchestra. officially invented Kickstarter. Yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah, sure. We had a sixty piece, sixty five piece orchestra, Capitol Records for a day. I yeah. mean, it was it was a decent sized budget for you know. And uh, sorry, I just <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's like Alex like, just got a massage over there. Yeah, because of doing that, that was you know, uh, and of course everything is about who you know, and it was a buddy of mine that I went to school with at USC. Uh, another composer. He was working at Lucas Arts in their game, you know, the game division of Lucasfilm, and uh, they were looking for a composer to do Indiana Jones. And and just having just done this thing that was in sort of that style, I had a really good way to demonstrate that I could do that, and you know, got that gig, and everything sort of snowballed from there. And you know, I mean, that's how I moved from doing horror into doing this, you know, this bigger orchestra and mostly you know game video game centric. Uh, career i guess this so. is a good point to uh say that that story kind of demonstrates something that, that i've been thinking about a lot which is that what you do gains momentum and this is something that new composers should think about mm-hmm. if you want to do something do that it just yeah. it just proves the point that and also if you do things that you don't want to do you're going to get more gigs doing those things that you don't want to do oh absolutely uh, and and that that's how people get stuck. And so I know many yeah. people that fall yeah. into that trap. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I got some practical advice for, you know, composers. First of all, yeah. like, I think go, I'm going to backtrack a little bit when we were talking about, if you live somewhere where there's no filmmakers or anything and you, you can seek them out everywhere, but ultimately you're probably going to have to go where they are. So, you know, you might want to think about that as well. Like yeah. if you really, 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 really want to do it, you might want to go put yourself in a community where Absolutely. people do that. And yeah. I, w- I know? would sort of connivingly suggest... LA is a suggest, really good one for that. I would connivingly suggest not LA, 
I would say go somewhere where there's a lot of films getting made, but there's not a lot of composers. That's oh, absolutely. I would say go Vancouver. Go to film, go to film school, like yeah, Michael yeah. Giacchino. Like go yeah. Vancouver. <laughs> go New York. Even I mean, there, there's yep. way more filmmakers than. All right, guys, composers. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, you can telecommute. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, Alex, you just moved to L.A. Yeah, I, right. I don't know. To date this podcast, this is Alex at a certain point. Yeah, but six months in. My my. If you could give six that, months ago you advice, what would you tell six months ago you? Yeah, because I saw you like six months ago. I want to know what. Yeah. <laughs> what have you learned? Oh man! Demonstrate yeah. progress, or we'll kill you. <laughs> I guess one one bit of advice is uh, be really prepared when you come out here. Yeah. And like prepared to hit the ground running, and um, also, uh, as a general note of advice, and in my case, my the internship that I did, it has definitely helped me, but I expected more, and so. Mm-hmm. Don't don't expect anyone to care is my point. Right. Um, yeah, I, and actually, there could from certain people there could even be, you're another composer. We don't want you here. You're <laughs> you're, you're more competition. You know, and uh, if you go to a college where they talk about film scoring, pretty much if you have a teacher that isn't full of shit and you can just kind of tell, then what they're saying is yeah, it's it's pretty true. You know, like I've actually said this to a couple uh, friends of mine who are still at Berkeley. And uh, a thing that I've noticed a lot is, let's say that you're in like middle school. You know how the teachers would be like, high school is going to be really hard. You can't fuck off how you permanent are now. Permanent record. Yeah. And then it's like high school was a cakewalk. Right. And, Do you guys um, remember the phrase permanent record? They kept uh, throwing that at us. Oh, is that worse? That doesn't, yeah. I don't think that's a real thing at <laughs> all. Record. I don't yeah. think that even exists. Yeah. yeah. But when I was at Berkeley, they were like, like, like students would come back or yeah, alumni would come back or the teachers who had worked in LA would say a certain thing. And I'd be like, there's war no. veterans. Yeah. They'd yeah. be, they'd say some shit and I'd be like, there's no way that it's like that. Like that sounds terrible. Like yeah. staying awake for three days in a row to demo for a film uh, and then well, not get it. Like five yeah. days. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Three days is, is yeah. way underestimating <laughs> yeah. for like six or seven. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and the answer and, is yes, it is. It can be, yeah. it can be like, yeah, that. it really, yeah, okay. it really, really can uh, be like that. I mean, yeah, you, you think know? about, I remember back in college, you'd be like, I'm going to set a really lofty goal and I'm going to write one orchestra piece this semester, like right. one, yeah. one epi- two and epic, and a half minute ep- epic or whatever, piece. five minute piece or whatever. Yeah. Well, and now, now, you now, do now that get to the day. real world that needs to be done by like three o'clock this afternoon. Exactly. You know, I yeah. mean like. Yep. You know, and like crazy these stuff. These are not exaggerations. No, not at That's all. I mean, like I, I've scored a eighty-five minute, eighty-five minutes of music in three weeks, and mm-hmm. that's probably not even as, half as bad as twenty people I know. Yeah. When I Kyle mean, like, and I wrote the music for the Connect Star Wars game, it was it's two hours of music, one hundred twenty minutes of music, and we had six weeks to do it. And every uh, note of it, we had to was, orchestrate it too. Yeah, yeah, we orchestrated. It's a damn everything. good score, you guys. And, oh, dude. Oh, and every note I've of already it was about that high I love action. It. <laughs> you know, I mean, you kind of learn what you can handle. But so when you're talking about the horror stories. Yeah, the ho- the horror stories definitely happen. I mean, I've had yeah. three, four, or five that were literally like, I do not want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But I have to get to the finish. <laughs> I have to get to yeah. the finish line, and then I you quit. get to the and yeah. then you get to the recording session, and it's like, oh, this is so incredible. It's worth it. Yeah. You know, if there's a recording session at the end for me, at least, like, yeah, the horror stories are definitely true. You have to be prepared. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about, you yeah. have to, you have to be, a, you have to be able to write really fast, really efficiently. Mm-hmm. And when the opportunity is there, you have to write however you want. If it takes you five days or an hour or whatever, you have to do whatever is you. But when the opportunity is there to write something really fast that's needed by the end of the day, right. you better be able to hit that deadline I'm, no matter yeah. what. Deadline's I'm going important. to add a cautionary to that. Uh, 
for, you know, since we're still talking to budding composers, I guess, um, when people would tell me that you need to write quickly, mm-hmm. I listened. And when I was at Berkeley, I always took on more than I should have been able to handle. And I would, I learned to write quickly mm-hmm. um, by forcing myself to do it. But uh, I was watching an interview with uh, Louis C.K. where he was saying that he only became a, he started, things started happening for him in his career, not when his best got better, but when his worst got better. And mm-hmm. what I was noticing was happening to me when I was focusing, like, like specifically focusing on being a fast writer, um, I was finding that when people say you need to write fast, they don't just mean fast. It needs to be really good fast. Right. And well, so that, the, that's the where only, the training comes in. And the right. only way to do that is not to write fast, but to write really well. Yeah. And and the speed will simply come with that. And when it's I say craft. training, I don't I don't necessarily yeah craft. Yeah. I don't mean training like you absolutely have to have gone to this conservatory or that college or whatever. But you have to have studied or listened or whatever it takes for you and your ability to get from wherever you're at to being able to do familiar that. and comfortable. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if that's you sitting in your room by yourself for two years, looking at scores, I mean, yeah. What, yeah. whatever it takes for you to get to the point where you're ready. You I'd know, say, yeah. I'd say if there's two, there's two absolute, you must do these things and it's obvious, but, uh, first you got to score things and then, mm-hmm. uh, you have to score dramatic things. I'm actually going to come around to that. I have a point that I want to make with that. But then uh, the other thing is you, if you want to write, orchestral film music you gotta have your nose stuck in a scorebook Absolutely. you really gotta study it but and, and uh, your ears yeah 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 you gotta you know, listen and you gotta go see orchestras that's another yeah. big point yeah but understand my, how they work yeah my my point about uh scoring things and this is again it sounds obvious but um i've <clears throat> um every now and then i i jump on reddit and i'll find like some like young like some freshman in college and I'll, I'll give them you Young know, Turk. a critique or whatever because right. you know, like I was just recently there, you know. I do that on RVFX all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Preach and, it, brother. Um, and what I found a lot is that a lot of uh, composers will, young composers will score trailers right. or things like that. Yeah. Um, the, the number one thing that I always repeat as advice is you are a dramatist that right. the, the number one thing as a composer and not even just a film composer. And that's the mm-hmm. thing that a lot of people forget is that the, the key to writing music and especially arranging music actually is drama, which is, you know, tension and release and, you know, all, all of those basic tenants. And mm-hmm. I, I just think, yeah, the, it, it's worth mentioning because those are a lot of things that <clears throat> when people are in, inspired by, like the big loud noises of the Inception soundtrack, they want to do those, and they mm-hmm. they they forget the finer points, which is that you're not just making big loud noises; you are you're supporting drama. You're yeah, you're being a dramatist. Like yeah. like I would actually suggest that you even go take an acting class so that you can start to access emotions, mm-hmm. sort of. Sure, I guess or a music improv- improvisation yeah. class because yeah. you you learn how to you know express emotions within parameters and you're not really on all the time. Is. Sometimes you have to be there, but not in anyone's face. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like I mean, the distinction you just made about the trailer is really interesting because I hadn't thought of that because I'm not the kind of person who I guess would. But when you say that, it reminds me like what a trailer is doing is basically a montage of intensity when you come when you come mm-hmm. right down to it. Especially, I think what you're talking about is that kind of a thing. There are, yeah. if you imagine two different scenes right now, A scene is the intensity montage and B scene is just a, dr- a dramatic scene between two characters, right? Are they talking? A quiet, maybe, yeah. but just a quiet, intense drama scene between two characters. A 
there's like if you wrote a piece of music that fit it perfectly and then like nine other things for different movies trailers that were all intense trailers you could probably just swap out the music and yeah. it would work for the trailer because right. intense you know, whatever yeah, vari- intense whatever flavor intense. of intense you because want form, yeah. will always work up. for that when you come to a dramatic scene our scene B where it's just two characters doing a thing there's there's like one maybe two right ways to do that mm-hmm. and you could take the best music you ever wrote for a different scene and it does not work for that scene yeah. at all yeah there's a higher sort of threshold for success there's a higher winning condition yeah a good composer writes what needs to be in the scene and it's the thing is the really good composers like the ones that we really remember like you know the john williams not only are they writing exactly what needs to be there meaning um the instruments that they choose to use are perfect the timing is everything the tempo Mm -hmm. that they use the the beats that they take the you know the pauses and where they begin and where and where they choose to have music and not and all of that that is what's amazing and so like i mean a great example like yeah, I I asked if it was the the theoretical uh scene was with dialogue because that is that's it that that yeah. if you can't score dialogue you're not going to do film composing <clears throat> yeah. like so that's why I hate when I see so many younger composers doing trailers it's like there's no dialogue right there's there's no well, not only is there not yeah. dialogue but I mean trailers are by their nature formulaic right I mean they they literally are to the second and I mean right. even the yeah. music is that way too I mean the, the first 15 seconds are this this the next 15 seconds are double time and the last 15 seconds to not belittle tra- trailers a little bit though no, like yeah. we, we don't like yeah. no, no no we're not trying to shit on people who compose music for trailers just is, if you are learning difficult. to be a composer for film trailers are the thing. wrong form to practice unless yeah. you want to write trailer music unless, unless you want to exactly do, which is and a very specific a, skill and there is a lot of work just to be like done writing music for video games is very different than writing music for Film. Trust me, there's a human make... on this earth who is the best at writing trailer music. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of people that make a lot of money writing trailer music. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's why we're saying, you know, go find a student film or something, because even though it might be like even shitty acting, that's still better than nothing. Yeah. Because you're you, you don't the, care. Yeah. And and also it's the right I, I would I would say the most important thing in scoring, the single most important thing is timing. That yeah, is it. Absolutely. And so when you're having real human beings having real dialogue and real acting, even if it's bad, yeah. you're <clears> still <throat> dealing with like the elements. Yeah. The, and, and also I mean, uh, when, yeah. go ahead. I was gonna say, I mean, I think that I would look at a student film where the acting's not superb as an opportunity because yeah. really the music the goal of the music is to make the acting look even better than it yeah. is. Yeah, this is so, a job you're going to be asked to do a lot, which absolutely. is save the film. <laughs> yes, yeah, save the movie. And <laughs> and honestly, I mean, it, you know, take the worst case scenario of something that has really bad acting, then look at it as a chance to to really, you know, hone your craft of, yeah. of trying to make that scene better than it already is. You know, I've, obviously not... we've all seen documentaries of you know, behind the scenes of, of films without the mm-hmm. scores or, you know, yeah. making of the score. And you see like something like, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time and take E.T. the last 10 minutes. I was going to pull that up. Yep. I mean, my exact example. you know, look, this I, I love that movie. And but tubes. Yeah. The end of the movie, the last 10 minutes is is a, you know, a, a mediocre at best child actor, you know, trying to cry, saying goodbye to a rubber doll. <laughs> you add John Williams score to it yeah. and it's it and I'll cry without the score. It, it definitely lacks. Yeah, actually, that well, I mean, that, that, emotion. My so, favorite uh, my favorite bit about the, the scene, because you can find it on YouTube without John Williams. Yeah, my exactly. favorite thing about it is that. At like the three minute mark, there's like a truck in the distance that you wouldn't hear anyways. And it sounds so pathetic. It's just like, right. And then the kid sitting there is like, no, it's so good. I mean, I saw, I saw a John Williams, uh, 
conducting his own music at the Hollywood Bowl a couple of years ago, and it's really Fuck awesome. You. Which one? Did you go to the ET one? <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, he he had like the first half of the show, and there was an intermission. Like the first half of the show was like he was conducting like choice pieces from like Sergio Leone movies and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, okay, I'm trying to think. I've, I think I've gone almost. I've every been to year, every single one of those. Yeah, me too. It was the one, and uh, God damn it, that folk singer. What was the final big uh, thing they did? Well, in any case, after they came back for the intermission, they he, he just played a bunch of like, you know, John Williams conducts his hits. Right. Oh, All right, right, you assholes. Here we go. Uh, and I remember, <laughs> a side note, to interrupt my own story, I remember being really like offended on an odd level because it was a, it's the Hollywood Bowl. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice venue mm-hmm. and it's an outdoor venue. Maybe, uh, I don't know, between 10 and 20,000 people. And there was a bunch of like five-year-old kids with like hasbro glowy lightsabers oh yeah in the middle of uh like schindler's a, list yes or something well i mean that was my thing <laughs> like i was like i was like i was you know call me an adult coming to this concert like all right i'm gonna watch john williams conduct some music now and there's a shit ton of fucking lightsabers in the crowd and i was i don't remember i don't know exactly how to articulate the nature of my like I, un- Screw I, you guys? No, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah but, but anyway. Yeah. So, and you know, we watched the first half of the show, and fortunately, like half those lightsaber kids left because they were bored by the Leone music. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then once the intermission comes back, and it's like, okay, here we go, and it just starts with dum dum bump. Right. And then all the lightsabers immediately uh, go up, and now yes. there's six thousand glowing lightsabers around me, <laughs> and they're all like metronoming with the th- with the right. beat and now right. you're seeing six thousand lines of light i'll go up down up down right up, down up down up down and it's it's like a metal then, concert yeah with, exactly with but lightsabers. then but at that moment you have this weird visceral like i'm at a fish concert reaction where it's like <laughs> dude this is so trippy holy shit now i get it these kids yeah. are fine are keep you, the lightsabers are you a fish right. fan or something nah i, was just, I love fish I, no, fish is good it's just, i like fish did too. i tell you they're, i did the good. fish string tribute I, I, yeah, actually, dude, we we both did. I did yeah. some. I, well, you did most of it, but I did three or four random songs. side note. I was all yeah. just saying that just to say that happened at that concert, and it was un- it was not until I saw all the lightsabers doing something at once that I was like, "Okay, That's you kids are cool. all right. That's yeah. pretty cool." Yeah. And I actually, I, I think it's even still public on my YouTube channel. If you search D Christie YouTube, you can find that back there somewhere, uh, where it's like three thousand lightsabers keep time to the APL march. Whatever. <laughs> so, in that concert, back to our original point. Uh, one of the things he did was he took like eight minutes out of his show to say, I want to show you this scene from it's the beginning of Last Crusade at the top of, on the top of the train. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to show you this scene without music. And, you know, the entire orchestra is sitting there silently. John is just like leaning against a stool looking up at the projection screen while they play <laughs> this like seven or eight minute long sequence from the beginning of Last Crusade you know, where he's like he's running mm-hmm. across the I was there. there? This one, yeah. I was there, but I don't think he did that the day I was there. Was, I mean, he did it when I was there. It was, I it was a this. thing, yeah. and and you know, I he, mean, I, they did it, but I don't remember him doing it without music. Oh, really? And he plays through the whole sequence, and I think it's from like, it's like from when young Indy River Phoenix jumps onto the horse, and then eventually he ends up on the train, and then he's on the top of the train, and all that stuff. And you're just watching the scene, and it's weird in the context of a concert. Like I just finished listening to the Jurassic Park suite. Here, watch this clip real quick. It's like a ten mm-hmm. minute long. Nope, this is just video, and you're hearing ah. Ah, chugga 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 chugga. Yeah. Ah, a snake, a snake. Holy smokes! (laughs) Right. And then he's like, "I just wanted to show you that." And he didn't explain it. And at that moment, I was thinking, 
the fuck was that for, John? Are you just like taking a break <laughs> to drink a water, a bottle of water? What was that for? I didn't get the point he was about to make. And then he goes, okay, we're going to do the same thing again right now. And I was like, yeah, oh, really? We just did this. God, it was, it took like forever. Same thing happens. Score from Last Crusade is happening. Yeah. It is the most intense shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where all of a sudden, the only difference is that piece of music playing yep. under the beats of the scene. Yep. It was so cool. And all of a sudden, like there's this weird, there's like little minor like sub, like micro leitmotifs going on in it and mm-hmm. things are building and paying off and all this shit. Shit that you would have never noticed. And I realized later, this was John's point. I think he was actually showing off. More than just to say, see, music is important, but to say, do you see what I did with this scene? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. It is John Williams. He's showing off and saying, you realize all these things that your emotional identity associates with this scene where this matters and that matters. This, Oh, God, what happens next payoff? That's not actually in the video and the cuts. No. A lot of that, like the rising and falling tension shit. It's the music. Is the music. Yep. You guys. I got to say, though, because we all grew up like on that. And we aspire to like do something like that, like you're yep. talking about musically. Not every film allows you to do that either. That's another. That's yeah. the other thing. That's is the other that, lesson. Yeah, you, like, is it, yeah, a, you is, can't, is it a bummer to be subtle? Is it a what? Is it a bummer to be subtle? No, no I mean, no. You yeah. have to. I think to what Alex was saying earlier, you have to like love film and love drama yeah. and be able to get into that story and those characters and the vision of those people mm-hmm. that are creating that film. And figure out what makes that film better. And I would actually say it's way cooler to be subtle. I think so. Yeah. Like, I think so too. Um, it's it's way more of a it's, payoff. It's when, composer swag. Kind of, yeah. In a way. And well, and the thing is, I would even argue that <clears throat> John Williams, even in the crazy Indiana Jones scene, he's not being subtle, but he's not putting more than there has to be. And that that's Absolutely. a big difference. Yeah. Is when he's, when it's when, controlled. When, yes, it's, it's very controlled. When, it's right when to people, the edge of what's yeah, he's 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 actually kind of being minimalist in the sense that he's not doing more than what needs to be there. And it's mm-hmm. funny because when a lot of people are like, I'm going to do a John Williams esque like action cue, it's going. Oh, they throw in the kitchen sink. The cool, I think the coolest part about Last Crusade, speaking of it, is the opening chord. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? That, oh, yeah. The high oh, harmonics yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, right, right when it fades up. Yeah. Yep. That's the that's coolest great. part about it. And yeah. it's just a really subtle background, like spring yep. harmonic. Go, oh, go, go ahead. I was just, that's what I think. When I think of Last Crusade, that's what I remember. That. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that's the first thing I remember before any yep. of the themes or anything is that mm-hmm. vibe I felt when I went to the theater mm-hmm. and saw it. That's yeah. not, And it's just a chord. I mean, he's yeah. not like... He didn't start with bump, 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 you know, like yeah, well, just, just like you yeah, know, close encounters. Sitting. I mean, the way it close encounters yeah, opens up, it's, it's, yeah. it's 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 amazing. I mean, that sets the tone for what you're in for for the next hour and forty five minutes perfectly because yeah. it it draws you in. It's not too complicated. It's not you know throwing in the kitchen sink, yeah. but it gets you excited because but, it because the yeah, way last crusade is eighty nine so according to IMDb. Yeah. Cool, but so, I think okay. I think like. As far as like scores go, I mean, listen to all kinds of scores and appreciate the the drama within yeah. no music. Oh, I mean, you know who had a, an amazing ability to be subtle is Jerry Goldsmith. Oh yeah, I mean, Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I mean, he wow, also that's... had the ability to take it to the extreme. I was going to but... say I would not have gone with subtle for Jerry Goldsmith. Well, the thing you is, know, but... a lot of people don't pay attention to guys like Jerry and and even John Williams for their the non main theme moments or Absolutely. the non action scene. Yeah. Like I mean, listen, listen to, to most of the music from Hugo. Or no, like my my favorite example for John Williams would be in uh in A New Hope when uh when Ben is giving the lightsaber to Luke. The music there. There's music in that scene. Yeah, I know, right? 
Yeah, there and you go. It's, your father wanted you to have this. Yep. When yeah. you're old and it, if you pay attention Isn't to it, like English it is, horn or something, or what no, it's weird music. What it's it's it? very very odd, but mm-hmm. like, um, it again, it's like yeah, he's. Are you shitting me? There's music in that scene. Yeah, he's being yeah, he's totally being subtle, there. but it's kind of it's just it's a hinting very, at a very sort of yeah. off, just a slightly. It's a off very kind weird thing. cue. Yeah. And and those are the types of cues that I always point people towards because it's like yeah, yeah okay so the the like the the main crawl is cool but like I think that's what people think when you say it. John Williams but yeah. I mean you know some of the underscore stuff is what's most impressive. Right. And, well, what about Jerry Goldsmith there? I mean Poltergeist is is an amazing example. I mean he wrote mm. essentially this childlike you know sort of half nursery thing. rhyme yeah and yeah. i mean and, and the way he treats it in the first you know 40 minutes of the movie is very subtle i mean most of the score for the first 40 minutes of the movie is is these really you know great uh you know string textures that are you know very subtle with this bowed crotali mm-hmm. sound and occasionally hinting at this this little lullaby theme it's yeah. not until the end of the movie where it just becomes bombastic yeah. yeah right and uh i mean <laughs> you know and, and but i don't think people think of that as being the score for right. poltergeist they think right. of like you know the big bombastic ending when everything's going to shit and i think the same for john williams i mean you know those moments you're talking about mm-hmm. and, you know right and but, actually there's there's an in-between of these sort of things and i just thought of a perfect cue you guys know Jurassic park journey to the island sure cue. Mm-hmm. um and when you listen to it actually the last time i i was here we were talking about this uh and alex and loves this cue I, so much that's, that's that is the cue that made me want to do film scoring yeah and yeah it is my favorite cue pretty much ever written you're and, gonna point out that it's and, 10 minutes long right yeah well the, the <laughs> crazy thing about it is is that when you listen to it as a piece of music you're like where the fuck are people talking over this because it right. just it just it flows so perfectly as a piece of music but he dodges in and out of dialogue right because he, the way he times it to the scene exactly is, is how it works you know, which is why timing is everything well that's how yeah. maybe i mean maybe we quickly talk about timing i mean how do you maybe, interact with the okay, movie so right when when you score a film if you've never scored a film i mean you probably got to learn a little bit about some kind of program like Gordy uses a digital performer. You use right. what logic? Cubase. Cubase, and I yeah. use uh, mostly Pro Tools actually. Yeah. So I use MS Paint. <laughs> <laughs> but all of Gimp. them do all of them do the exact same thing. You load in the video right. and you put up markers and you say, okay, here I got to do this, or here they say yeah. this, or whatever. Yeah, the feel. And yeah. like so, some of them will be like the director's you, notes, like right here I want yeah, to do yeah, something. You, and, sure. Yeah. And some of them are yours, where it's like, okay, right, right here is where you need to do this. And so you you, you know you you figure out a way to get from A to B. And if somebody's talking, you make sure you duck down. Anyway, point is right. like, you if you get a student film or something and really start going for it, you'll find out as soon as you start trying to do that, that yeah. it's not all about just writing a piece of music that you think film. sounds cool. As, no, as you if like your your normal idea that like you might sit down on the piano and write something and it might go, you know, oh this melody's great, it does this and that. And you get all the way through it, and okay. You know it what? Only, only, yeah, it doesn't right. at all. Maybe the first part does, but I can't get to part B. Okay, right. you know what I have to do? I have to just make part A the main thing, and then I got to kind of move around over here, and then Basically, you know what? Maybe I got to go back to part A again. Maybe part A is it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got to think about right. like how does it work with the film? It's not just about the music. Can I ask it's you a really about, specific question based on that point? Because yeah. I always wondered about this. <laughs> you, you know that when you know John Williams is working on ET. Right. At some point, he spent a tremendous amount of time just coming up with bum, bum, ba, 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 bum, 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 bum. And like, right. okay, that's going to be a thing. I have to make sure that this fucking 
goddamn motif shows up every time and it's always great sure i always wonder if they feel beholden to that same feeling of judgment for the incidental music or if they're just like i know that right now my job is just to fill time no no, if they feel like no no no, no, based on this conversation i'd say that uh at least composers have a lot more respect for the incidental cues. Oh, absolutely. That like, underscore. you figure out, it's funny, like, you start out, like, you know, when you start scoring a film, I mean, it, you guys might, I think we're all kind of the same as you watch a film a bunch of times, right? Then you sit down and you actually start scoring it when you get the final yeah. cut, or maybe before, whatever. Yeah. And you write, <laughs> final so, cut. you know, <laughs> yeah. what's, sometimes what's you don't that? get that until later. But uh, final cut meaning the fu- it's not going to change from the you know 90 minutes to 60 I was waiting for whatever. notes when I first saw that right. movie on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Like, but, wait, what? We're done? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you start out and you like basically, okay, I got to write this theme and this theme and I got, right. and these are, what are the main, like you in your journey as a composer of figuring out what's important in the film, every time you watch it and you work on it, you figure out more about the film. I mean, your your understanding of the film when you first watch it a couple times is pretty shallow, you know? Yeah. And so you think, oh, I got to write a theme for Bob and, you know, and, you know, Sarah and <laughs> it's, whatever. It's average right. film goer, really. And then, like, yeah. later you figure out, oh, you know what? Those don't matter at all. Actually, what matters is the overall you know, anguish and this yeah, or whatever. Making a statement about and the then, dichotomy of man here. And then it might, you know, what happens sometimes is that like all the themes get thrown out and all that matters is the background chord that you did between sure. something. Right. And that becomes the main theme because it just creates a certain emotion. Sure. So you kind of, as you're scoring a film and communicating with the director and the producer, it's a, uh, it's a uh, communication and like a relationship of like diving into a project where you figure things out and uh, you discover what's important. You might think something is important musically, but it might not be important in the long mm-hmm. run. Right. And to yeah. composers, that's, that's that w- interesting. That's the exact opposite of what I would have thought. Well, sometimes it, it's not. Sometimes they come at you and they're like, "Do whatever you want. You just right. write a bunch of music to it." But, but I mean, but, I think going back to your the ET example again. I mean, you're saying you know such an iconic theme, but I, I would challenge you to find a, a full statement of that theme in the score prior to the moment where. Elliot Everything and together. flying across yeah. the moon. Because he probably it wrote doesn't that, happen. He probably wrote that first. Yeah. I and, believe and that, he did, actually. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. He, uh. he absolutely crafted. This is this is the theme in its full duration that I'm aiming towards. And that entire and score like, is like is subtle, it, subtle of. tiny yeah, fragments that hint yep, at it. Like he might subtly you know, up until, you know, whatever minute 50 in the movie. He might take only the first two notes and make it another theme. Yeah, or, exactly, or, t- or, or take whatever. like the last three or four notes in that big statement and use that for a minor part somewhere else where it's like right yes, da, 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 da. yes. yep or something exactly yep. and yeah that's that's what i was going to say at the beginning of teak's question which is um when you asked like you know composers think we're going to be judged on our main themes and then the incidental music doesn't or matter at least so much they feel yeah, like they, they they owe the most and the to the is, main theme the, the reason that people composers spend so much time on their main themes is because generally they inform the incidental music i mean it's yeah. it's very difficult to write incidental music without, without having some, having themes some to base kind of, of yeah, and also it's yeah it's it's way it. more there's when you said composer swag that's composer swag Absolutely. when you when you when you like you you kind of like like when uh like right when you know two minutes into empire like it shows luke and you have that little like not right exactly in the key right and it's just oh man yep. you know just little moments like that are so cool and or you know during the council of elrond um baromir gets up to speak and he's just literally just playing the gondor theme on a single french horn mm-hmm. that's the only score right um so the the main themes or 
in, in Lord of the Rings case, in Star Wars, it's just more motifs. There's no real, right. you know, single main theme or whatever. <clears throat> and but yeah, th- those become the the um, the incidental music. And I would actually, right. I would wager that it's pretty dif- difficult to find a cue from either of those trilogies um, where some incidental music just kind of has nothing to do with any sort of. Theme. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, yeah, I, 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 maybe in some modern film scores because you know I think a lot of times things are created to be wallpaper at this point but yeah yeah you know, i mean but in the in great film scores i think it, there's always some kind of hint there's thought there come. yeah th- there's yeah exactly the thought it's, and story thoughtful and you know and i mean as far as writing a great main theme i mean it, john williams is to use that example uh, for the thousandth time um is so good at it because he makes that theme so memorable by hinting to the audience what that theme is going to be for the first 45 minutes of the movie. And then when it hits and hits you, you know, between the eyes with it, you know, when he and then it flies across, yeah, then it's like, I, I already know this subconsciously. You've been taught this melody for the past 45 minutes and, and then suddenly it boom, here it yeah. is. And you're like, I already know this. So it's a recognizable you know, theme to you. And that's kind of John Williams thing. Obviously it's a motif, right? Of course. You know, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, the light motive, but, but you know, you get other compo- be it doesn't melodic. have to be like, I mean, like James Newton Howard is known right. for for a, a sound. sound. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Basically, yeah. he comes up with like a chord or a couple right. of chords and it's like, wow. And he orchestrates it a certain way and it, yeah. it just sounds new and fresh and unique. Right. And then and you hear that. Lasts, and it's you hear that the whole movie and you're like, I want to hear more of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah. you take somebody like John Bryant yeah. and it's yeah. like so weird the way he puts instruments together and yep. stuff. And, right. But and, the color and, and, and the, the sound of it finds a unique orchestration. And it's yeah. like wow, and that like occupies the whole film. Thomas so I think Newman it, very, oh, yeah, very yeah, much is chord progressions. Yeah. He's not he's, even yeah. really melodies. It's just more like you know, I, changes. Top, and yeah, I was just checking that out. He's, he's very much yeah. almost like almost kind of pop. Yeah, oh very yep. much so. Yeah, you know, yeah like, I agree with pop, you. Yeah, he, but like from a in song, a very classical way. Kind of well, way. that's interesting because it cues off to sort of something I was wondering about just now. My thing, I'm not a composer. I like writing songs. I like writing musicals. Uh, I am like specifically and sort of to the fault of other things, a melodist, right. where it's like, I will throw out a song if it's not a really great hook. I was going to ask, don't all composers kind of wish that what they were doing right now was something where they could write the Indiana Jones main theme? Hmm. And I imagine that that may or may not be true because with that understanding of myself that I just realized, that might be something that someone who's writing a musical might care about, where they're like, right. look, does Be Our Guest actually stick with you forever? Or are composers working on like another level that that's way beyond just the simple. Let me top let me voice throw this theme. out there. Yeah. Um, sing a melody from the Matrix. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and so yeah. you can you can be working on something fucking awesome and not be doing the. the oh big no, I melody. know that. I know that. Yeah. yeah. My question. <laughs> I agree with that point. My question was more: Doesn't a composer? And it's a loaded question that the answer is probably no to. Doesn't a composer individually before a project? Always kind of kind of want to like write the melody where it's like yeah, but yeah, I mean it, it depends on the movie because also to to keep using the John Williams motif going here, um, Lincoln was very much not like that, but yeah. I, mm-hmm. I can also tell that the score meant a great deal to him, and right. so right. Um, in Williams' case, he's already done that so much that he doesn't have <laughs> anything to prove. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but but you know, I I'm mean, just waiting it, for John it, Williams it, to tell it, me that he can write a melody. It, it depends on the movie, <laughs> and it depends on the the challenges and the yeah. demands of the movie, and so and it, it depends it, on the composer too. I mean, yeah. certainly, I mean, 
not everyone is, you know, focused on being a melodist. Right. I mean, I personally, I mean, I find writing a, a great melody theme to be the most difficult thing to do. Me too. And uh, well, I agree, but that's the fun part for me. But then again, I do right. a different thing. You guys do things at a higher right. level. Uh, you know, and when when I do write, what I am writing, the things that I think or hope will impress people most are the things that I find to be really crafty mm-hmm. musically, like writing a you know really tricky fugue or something like that. You know, and, and, and it's the almost like, like a, this sounds like ass, right? <laughs> exactly. Damn it. No, wait, wait. When yeah. you say crafty, are you referring to like? Are you talking about orchestration or, or yeah, like, or like orchestration or changes or what? All of thought that. out, all of that. You're just very thought out. You know, like every little, every little tiny note counts, and everything's this bouncing. Is a complex it's like a, it's piece like a, of music, a counterpoint. Yeah, with yeah. its confines. You know, yeah. those types of things are the things that I'm writing that I'm hoping other composers will hear and go, "Holy shit." That high was awesome. five, bro. You know, and yeah, and the things that high yeah, the big yeah, the high <laughs> high fump. Uh, yeah, the the big German. melodies are those. Those are the things that I I don't even think about, and then those they just come like yeah. in the last minute, like oh my god, what I'm gonna do, and then boom, a theme comes to my you head. Know, you, you know, know, it's all the crappy yeah. stuff that I enjoy the most. Actually, it's a ran- it's a random thought here, but nowadays it seems like collaboration is like the big thing yeah in film scoring you get like a dj mm-hmm. collaborating oh, with somebody or yeah. like or daft punk with the guy they collaborated with that i forgot joe, his name sorry Hans Zimmer joe, with Pharrell. Joe Trapanese. the whole thing is like collaboration seemed to be like the new thing like okay we're kind of sick of like the same old shit and stuff did kind of sound it, it did all kind of sound the same for a while in my sure. opinion last majority 50 percent of scores kind of all sound the same yeah. yeah you know for the last like five ten years or whatever yep and so collaborating now not all but most yeah and I, and I think collaboration is a healthy thing you know i mean they used to do a lot more of it a long time ago yeah. like way back in the day and then mm-hmm. it became like, yeah when there were know, studio composers yeah it I was mean, like the, multiple there were people lots they, of people working on the same had, film together yeah, and they had a guy who was listed as a composer he wasn't even the composer he was like actually like the music producer supervisor right. guy whatever right. anyway and then composers being a, like a big thing and now it seems like it's becoming collaboration because people mm-hmm. are sick of okay how do we like how do we create interesting new stuff and i yeah. think there's something to be said about like i'm really good at this you're really good at that they're really good at that yeah th- let's see what happens if we put all these people together i'm not saying it makes for the best cinematic experience every time you know if you're just gonna like i don't th- I'm but not, it does get new juices flowing i'm not sure, advocating yeah. like I, I actually yeah. think it's not you know the greatest thing to just throw inexperienced people in a room and say that's gonna make a good film score yeah but well here's my one you know caveat to the the notion of collaborations being a new cool thing, which I actually do agree that they are. And this is, this is to filmmakers, which is if you're going to go that route, make sure that one person, at least in that collaboration knows what it means to write music to picture. picture, Yeah. Because it's a different skill than just writing cool music that you like. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think, I think we already covered that earlier, but basically like scoring it's, I mean, I think any filmmaker and any composer knows this. It's like, there's an art to it that requires a lot of passion and study mm-hmm. of studying film and music and, you know, all involved in all of that. And it's not just about that would be cool. You know, it's right. like you have to actually <laughs> right. know what then there's a lot of skill involved. Once you already feel that you have to like dive into. So yeah. pick somebody that has passion. If you're a filmmaker, pick somebody that's interested and, you know, make sure they know what they're doing. 
And if you're a composer, make sure you know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. learn all the programs, learn all the, uh, you know, technology, learn everything you can about music. And, yeah. and Well, I don't know how much energy you guys have left, but that kind of handily brings us into the second point we wanted to address there, which oh, was... maybe I did that. I don't know. No, it's okay. We, we've <laughs> actually been floating the, there. and I've just been long like, ago teacher yeah. in me. I'm sorry. No, I, no, <laughs> right. no, you're killing it with the sort of directing conversation thing here. But like for the last 10 minutes, we've been floating towards this and I've been tapping my fingers like the emperor, like, yes, go for <laughs> it. Comes. But the last, you know, in the beginning we said, and directors hiring composers, mm-hmm. how do you talk to these people, these arty guys with their ideas of what they have to do? Like at, at what point my number one thing is directors, please do not, even if you think that you have musical experience or even if you do have legitimate musical experience, please do not speak in musical terms. That, that's the number one thing that, that tends to, at least in my experience, my limited experience, really sucks. Do I mean, when much, they say something that they're trying to be specific, but they use a term that's really specific. Yeah, or and it's like, really wrong. And, and what right. I would much rather it be is like, basically, basic rule of thumb... Talk to us and what the music should be achieving. Tell me what you want. Yeah, tell me what you want me to paint a picture of. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me what colors to use. Yes. Yeah. There you go. You're, you're, and the number one thing, like, try. Yeah. If you can communicate it without music, great. If you need to show us temp music, like I love this score, and here, here I put it to the, I put the score to my film, and I like the way it works here. Just yeah. realize that you're you're hiring a composer to do something different. They're not going right. to score that exact thing. So you're hiring or bringing on that person to do their thing. So make sure you mm-hmm. like their thing. Right. First. You know, uh, make sure you like their thing. You like them. Yes. Make sure you communicate well with them. And you'll, you know, hopefully you'll work on many projects together and develop a way of communicating just like, you know, anybody yeah. Yeah, with any relationship. Relationship, yeah. You yeah. know, and uh, but basically understand that, you know, if you had the Dark Knight Rises in your score, you know, in your attempt in your picture, and you've got, you know, this guy over here doing this, he's not going to write exactly The Dark Knight Rises. Right. For sure. So, yeah. To a layman, so. hi, I'm, I'm Teague. It sounds like what would almost be ideal is you pick the piece of music that you would usually choose for your temp score. It's like, this is perfect. And then you show your composer, think Neptune for this part. But then when you're editing it, don't use Neptune there. Use something yeah, that's like right. your yeah, second yeah, I was just best. Gonna yeah. say. Something yeah. that you don't like. So it's kind of always not right. S- don't fall in love with only, a piece of music. Yeah, only yeah. use temp music to communicate the emotion you're looking for to your right. composer. Yeah. Not, for the, for not, the editing not process, the just drop out. something in there that doesn't work right. No, I would even say just don't put music in your edit. Well, they have to. Just this for editing purposes. They they have yeah, to have yeah, something yeah. there. Just really? I would say yeah. as oh, someone right now who's treading the line, who's not a pro editor or pro composer, I would say directors what i think you should do is pick the music you think is kind of rightish show that to your composer and, and then, then edit it. with I gotta, edit with something that's n- like kind of aggravatingly not perfect for here's you here's another idea look for your composer in pre or in script phase you know in general and actually collaborate work with them and, and collaborate have music and actually written. use their music that yeah. they previously written which, which happens from time to time. I, know, I, I mean, just, I've even worked yeah. on movies where the, you know, I got the movie because it was tent scored. Of course, then that sucks before. too because then you have to rewrite the same stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. And I can tell you a horror story. That's yeah. a, <laughs> no, Gordy, that whole thing sounds real flattering though. Yeah. It, well, yeah it, <laughs> they it tempted was, it with me and I did a great job. It was until the director didn't realize <laughs> that the temp score was actually me and he was telling me how how I didn't understand the emotion and the heart and the temp. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's a whole story and we need another show for that. But... <laughs> I'm gonna here's here's how I'm gonna answer your question. I'm gonna tell you the 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 worst directives I've received, and then I'll tell you some of the better ones. Worst number one, I, I want it to sound purple. 
<gasps> describing a music as a color is is yep. it, it does not make sense to I, anyone. You know what's funny? I was going to use that exact same quote. As yeah, well. I was going to yeah say make it more purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make it more purple. Yeah. Uh, another one I got that I really really hated was I, I want it to be esoteric. Mm, I'm like I, I just do not understand how esoteric you know how music is supposed to sound esoteric. Parentheses. Um, directors stop using adjectives. Uh, and then, then <laughs> the the third and and probably most obnoxious, and it goes back to what you were saying, Alex. Before was is, you know, I I want put some more crescendos there, put some more staccatos there. Mm-hmm. When what they're trying to do is, I mean, maybe show that they understand my world, and mm-hmm. they're trying to you know their best to communicate in my terms, but. What they're forgetting is that I—I I mean, as you a know film more composer, than they do. Well, but but also as a, as a well, not necessarily that is as a film composer, I've studied learning how to communicate with a director. Yes, and and you know, I guess the best way to describe the layperson's terms, like describe the emotion. You know, what what is this person feeling in this scene? Tell me that. That helps me write music better. Uh, yeah. Than yeah. saying at a then, crescendo, then you are now what trying you really to unpack that, whatever they might know about music, right? I mean, you know, and and remember that when you're speaking, if your director is speaking to a composer, you're you're, and if you're trying to use musical terms, it's kind of like if someone be careful. It, it's kind of like <laughs> if someone uh, who only knew broken English was speaking to you, and when they use the wrong word. It's kind of funny, and it's like I just right. I don't even know how to deal with this. Right. Like it, well, it's yeah, kind of yeah. that that makes same it, feeling, it, yeah, you know? It makes it tricky, and, and it's it's just very I, it's it's a very difficult place to deal with, especially when they're like, yeah, try putting the melody in the trumpet, and you're just thinking, no, 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 like that that just isn't gonna work. You it's know, just, though, yeah. yeah. As a, I mean, as a composer, though, sometimes we gotta try. I, I gotta say, sometimes like we try stuff that sounds insane mm-hmm. based on a producer or director's ideas and it ends yeah. up working out it's like wow i wouldn't sure. have thought of that so yes. you gotta as a composer you gotta be open-minded to oh absolutely you aren't yeah. the all knowledgeable you know uh you know i mean you you are the music expert being hired for this but you know you have right, to be but open, it's a collaboration the, 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 the other the other point that i was going to get to which is the flip side is that think of it as you're in a band with the composer and yeah. he's just he's handling the music stuff but you guys are truly equals in the creation of the yeah. music you are collaborating on uh, in yeah. the very truest sense of the word totally yeah and so like please you know say what you want but again what what you should be talking about is talk about the thing that you know which is your movie and yeah, right. and and the film characters. terms and talk about what you and tr- want an audience to feel right or yep. you and, know let, I mean, in, in real words i want you know i mean it's yeah. a dumb example i really want the audience to feel sad right now i want the audience to feel you know um, can totally work with that because yeah. I, I remember yeah. early on that in my career sense. i would i remember before you know like again what we were talking about like when you're first starting i would see a movie and I'd see a scene. Oh, that looks so cool, right? Because the scene yeah. looked cool, and it was shot. Like I'm gonna write something really awesome there, right? And I would think about what I was gonna write there. I wasn't thinking at all about how that scene fit into the story and the fact that that made no sense what I was thinking about musically, mm-hmm. right? And then I would write something epic, and they'd be like, "It can't be like that." They try to explain. Yeah. I wouldn't understand because I just thought of the way it looked, and I was imagining right. that scene on my demo reel and stuff. Or yep, something. right. Yep, right. It's like <laughs> no, but in context of the film, I so. Like I had to understand the movie more, you know, and so I think you know the filmmakers in general need to just explain how theme point the point yeah. of 
the arc and the characters and development and like the emotion behind it, like you said, yeah. both you guys said. Yeah, and actually, uh, I think now that I think about it, just talk to us like you talk to your actors. That's what I was just gonna yeah. say. Yeah, it's it's actually yeah. very it's it's very yeah. similar. And actually, the because film is so collaborative, there are certain things that everyone can talk about, and the thing the thing yeah. the the big picture is what everyone can you know stick right. with, and then everyone can go off with their own little details. That's and so, a great point. I yeah. mean, the yeah, director is trying to coax a performance out of oh yeah the composer uh, absolutely right yeah. right. It's, yep. it's the same. I mean, you're That's directing great. us just like you would an actor. I mean, when you have an actor, they have the script, they have the words they're supposed to say. But what's behind those words? What's the backstory? Right. That's the things that the director is explaining to the actor. Like you, you should be feeling this in this moment. You're you're kind of frightened, but you're hoping this is going to happen, so you're a little hopeful or whatever. Mm -hmm. We need to see, see some of that, right? And and so the actor's job is to you know try to synthesize express, that express into their that. thing. And yeah, sometimes, their face. but the music is really going to bring those points. Yeah, across. and sometimes so say the same thing to your composer that you would have said to the actor. Because sometimes scene. you know films you know don't bring out what the director's vision is and they maybe they don't want to accept it you know or something sure but but if they can <laughs> and say like okay i didn't get that performance i wanted that's when the music can actually bring that like you said that can totally. bring that out like yep. okay that actor didn't understand what i was going for they made it made it made it feel like this i want it to feel like this yeah. can we try that in the music even though it doesn't look like we you should do that you shouldn't make that feel tense there but there's supposed to be some underlying tension, so just do it because that's what's meant to be there. Well, yeah. now let me you know approach I mean? the same sort of thing Something. from a, a different angle, talking you know, to a director who's about to hire a composer and, and work with them. Hmm. What if we are not trying to avoid incompetence on part of the director in terms of how you interact with them? What if we're trying to avoid disappointment? What if the director is talking to a composer who isn't doing their the thing that the director wants, mm -hmm. but... Uh, supposing that the director is doing their job right and, and communicating correctly. How does a director tell a composer, listen, I don't know how else to tell you this. I need it to sound like that, not this, in clear terms. If we're imagining that they're uh, communicating correctly. You know, honestly, the, the the when it gets down to that point where their communication is completely broken down, the best possible way to explain it to a composer that's not getting it is to play musical examples that yep. are like what you want. Fine. Go back to town. Yeah. yeah. Go back yeah. to temp. Yeah. Sometimes I've been in situations where I, you know, I just could not. The the director and I could not You're understand doing each revisions other's revisions and revisions. It's like no, you know, we're not there. And, and honestly, you know, the temp was the best guide I had. I gotta say though, man, I, sometimes that doesn't work though. It's yeah. it's it's one or the other. It's like because yeah. I've been in situations where the temp is one thing, and I'm copying the temp, and they're trying to explain to me, but ultimately they don't hear what I hear in the temp. I right. hear yeah, they could always the fact that it's guitar and doing these triads and stuff. And they hear this an underlying emotion. other thing that I barely even or hear. Or they hear what that particular music, you know, what they relate it oh, to. Oh, yeah, they remember like, that from the, the emotion grade from the movie it, yeah, that you it know, was from. Or, so it's, you know, it might relate to them with their experience in life right. different. So it's right. sometimes, sometimes temp helps, but sometimes it doesn't. Cause mm -hmm. sometimes you hear a different thing out of temp. So I yeah. think that's where it comes. That's the interesting thing about film is like when you find yeah. people that you collaborate with well, yes, that it's great. Then you stick it's with priceless. them. It's magic. If I mean, that's don't, those magic relationships. You, we can see. It's not like you know, the first person you Spielberg ever work with in every Williams part of the film. You have to keep working with. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, but that's the problem, I guess. And in yeah. kind of films, like you're doing people favors. And right. Well, that, I mean, all that, that stuff. Also, so you know. what you were saying reminds me of a situation I was in where 
Um, I kept getting closer and closer to the temp and they still weren't satisfied. And I was like, dude, I'm going to get sued. Like, I'm right here and either we got to go in a completely different direction or you just yeah. got to accept what I'm giving you because yeah. I can't get any closer to Parentheses, it. Parentheses. Yeah. I, I once, my, one of my buddies is a filmmaker. 40 of my buddies are filmmakers, but yeah. <laughs> one of my buddies is a filmmaker and they showed me their short with their original score and I'm like, oh, you told the composer to work with Bittersweet Symphony, didn't oh, yeah. you? Yeah. It's like, wait, how, how, how did you how did you know that? It's like, because I'm listening to Bittersweet Symphony. <laughs> it's yeah. the same with, chord with progression. It's change. the same instrumentation. Yeah. It's everything. Yep. And yep. and you know in those situations what really is happening there is is a communication breakdown. Yep. Because well, well, I guess something it, about again symphony that the director really liked but the composer didn't get it yeah again and so th- this is well, it's back to on it's back to a, the the director if you were working with a composer imagine we're now sympathizing with the director not the composer right yeah. and they're not doing what you want them to do yeah it, uh, break glass in case of emergency what do you say to the composer do you I, say listen stop everything you're doing i don't like any of your ideas we need to start over yeah or do I you think, try to tweak or what do you do I think that comes down to personal preference i in, in my case uh, thankfully that hasn't happened yet, but you know, I just started. Oh, give it a year. Much. Yeah, <laughs> it, it'll happen. But, um, yeah, I would prefer just because this is how I am. I would prefer them just to be completely honest and yeah. just be completely straightforward and say, this is not working and we need to try something new not be a dick about it. Just like not beat around the bush right. and, you right. know, let's, let's figure something out because again, it's a, ah, watch the cable. <laughs> um, because again, it is a collaboration, and even yeah. though it, it, it can become tempting for the director to go all boss mode and go, no, I need, I want you to do this, um, and of course, you know, they are technically your boss. It, it, it's best, I think, probably to instead think, yeah, no, we're collaborating, and yeah. um, and if it's not working, you too need to figure it out just the same way that, say, you know, a married couple might figure out their problems. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think it, it, especially in up-and-coming, you know, filmmakers with no budget projects except for you getting people to work for free and things like that i think first of all make sure you bring the right person on that's passionate in the get-go yeah right if somebody's excited to work with you um you know they really want to do it you know they probably will go with the they're they're there for the collaboration if you're bringing somebody on that's like oh i don't know oh it's free oh man you know i i they might not be they might not be available for it and that's that's okay you know right uh but just make sure you bring the right person out in the first place and then develop that communication and if it's not working yeah i think what alex is saying like you know with either music examples or communication just you know be peers be buddies like work it out you know if, if, if you're not paying somebody their salary to yeah. and I'm I'm saying like I'm not talking like fifty bucks. If you're paying somebody like fifty bucks, I mean that's still kind of the same thing. <laughs> you right. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like you know, see these Craigslist ads where like oh, I'm going to pay you a hundred dollars for twenty five minutes of music or something. It's like right. Okay, yeah. you're still basically doing takes it for you a free. Month to write. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, I'm saying if you if you're not paying somebody like an actual wage to work like they would at a job, right? Like uh, they're in it because they want to work with you and they right. love your project. Yeah. So work with them, and yeah. if, if it ends up not working out. Then, then it is find what it somebody is. Else but you at least should exhaust meeting your yeah. you at least exhaust trying to communicate, you know, yeah. in various ways. I and mean, give I, them the opportunity to make changes. Yeah. I, I mean think. I would I would say to to directors, I would say that a, a big part of your vetting process should be once you've already decided, hey, you know, I like I like this person's music, then 
the next step in your vetting process should be sitting down and actually just chatting or having a beer or whatever it is mm -hmm. learn figure out quickly if you're able to have a real conversation and talk yeah because that's going to be the key is whether or not you're capable of communicating and then to composers i would say that look it's not just the the director's job to communicate to you it's also your job to communicate to the director what you're capable of first of all what's possible mm -hmm. um what what your music can actually do for the film and this requires this obvious knowledge from the composer's part what music is actually capable of doing um and then learning how to coax out of your director good direction mm -hmm. you know i mean it, it really comes down to you know, like if, if you're getting you know directions like i really want it to be more purple then the composer's job in that situation is, you know which you know the i think when i actually did receive yeah, that directive was purple. to like throw something <laughs> across the room and get pissed and storm out what i probably should have done is say what does purple music sound like to you uh, yeah. What yeah. show me the, purple music yeah what does the color purple make you yeah. think of i mean what emotion Whoopi do Goldberg. you feel when you think of that <laughs> you know i mean it, it's almost Nicely like you, then you're trying to like coax out of the director some, some yeah. you know words that help you understand better and also yeah for. i i have i have two points one which was a while ago um when you were talking about uh the bittersweet symphony score that um illustrated the fact of what would have happened in that case was a director showed a musical example and said, I want it to sound like this. And the composer gave that to them. And mm -hmm. it, that's not what should have been there. Right. And so that once again, proves directors just as a general rule of thumb, like even happen to it, know it, less about well, what music no, yeah, they need. Well, just, yeah. Don't speak in musical terms, even with temps, when you're talking about temps, what does it make you feel again? Right. Emotions is the playing field here. You know, don't, don't talk about like, I just want it to sound like this because that's it, it I, might be what you want but it also might it can lead down that road it's hand, a though, dangerous did, road were they happy know? with it though he was stoked but the movie sucked okay well <laughs> but he, he liked the music with the film so i guess who cares i mean like you know yeah. like 50 percent of films sound exactly sued. like dark knight so who cares well i mean yeah. i can, I mean, I can point like, to exact it, moments in in yeah. star wars where i can say i know exactly what that was temp scored with or yeah yeah you know. no i'm just yeah. saying like, you know i mean honestly I like yeah if we're gonna pick that apart i mean yeah. like you know how many films sound like other films nowadays it's like of course yeah it probably always but now in particular yeah. i think but it, yeah uh i don't know i don't know if the, it's 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 yeah. not necessarily a good thing uh, but it's not necessarily a, a yeah, bad Yeah, it's thing. like temps Temps can be extremely useful. Just use them in a useful way, I guess. Right. But sometimes, um, sometimes to speaking to the composers, you do like actually have to yes, make it in like a practical temp, sense. but legally yeah. okay. Yeah, in a practical <laughs> sense, yes, you will be called to... Make it sound like this. Just don't get a sued. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and my, you know what? Those that that happens. And yeah. You just have to change deal the with tempo, it change yeah. the key, change yeah. yep. every other. Yeah, note. that's another job of the film yeah. composer is knowing that line. How yeah. To walk it. Yeah. But you know, I would say you know a lot in in many of those cases where a filmmaker is really in love with the temp, it may not necessarily be the temp itself that they're in love with, much less the or rather it's the something they remember about it exactly like what it, they're associating with it like you or know, they lived with it for six months symphony it might have yeah. been you know because that, that was the song that was playing when you know they met their fiance or something like that and they had this like emotional attachment to that for this purpose so that's why they like that and think it 
serves this emotional purpose, even though it may not. Yes. But bear in mind, even the Verve didn't get away with not getting sued for Bittersweet Symphony. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we yeah. keep using that example, but yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a real thing, but yeah, yeah. for me, yep. it was a real example. But yeah. um, another point I wanted to make, uh, and we brought this up a little while ago on the director's one, composers yeah, thing. Yeah, one of you said what, uh, um, like I think it was Gordy who said, uh, like, be realistic in what you expect from your composers or what you're going to be able to achieve or something. Yeah. And um, and then before that, one of you said like you you'll temp the movie with Inception or something. And this again, it's. Another one of those obvious things when you say it, but uh, directors, if you temp your 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 movie with Inception, don't expect your composer to be able to make something as grand a production as Inception. Yeah, you know, because a, Inception a lot of them, had a multi-million dollar budget yeah, exactly. for the score. Exactly. Well, here, here's, here's another point. This is a quick thing here. Uh, call out to all filmmakers. Yeah. Think about music budget in pre-production. Absolutely. And oh. lock it down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Hi. Hey, Kyle. High five. Lock it down. I'm a VFX guy. I agree. Yeah. Right? With your post yeah. budget. Yeah, Just but, everything about yeah, that shit. Your, your money gets used way... I mean, our money is gone by the time... Music yeah. comes around. You guys, I mean, it's always you guys, the last thing. Our money goes to you. It guys. might you feel like that. It might feel like that. Do <laughs> you? They're like, oh, we need that. You know, gunshot. Yeah. We got to get rid of the music budget. You know what I mean? It's right. like, I mean, the, the muzzle flash or whatever. You know, right. it's like. I feel yeah. like score and VFX probably happened about the same time. They're I both think, like uh, when the, when the, in general. I think in like do, in yeah. like version twenty five of the edit when it's about to get locked is when we're both doing most I guess, of our work. But when it comes down to budget, like okay, we have this much money left. We got to make sure the effects are covered. Yeah, yeah they're not going to go yeah. without the effects. No, nope. they'll go without the nope. music. You're right. VFX always takes precedence over score in yes. this case. You're right. Yeah. So I, I take think, it back. I think the filmmakers. This is just my pet peeve. Yeah, in avoid my opinion, that altogether. Look at your budget up front. <laughs> right. Let's say you got, I don't know, whatever your budget is. I'm going to talk on like a low budget feature. What's what's considered a low budget feature now? Like five million thousand. Oh, like low budget feature. I'm talking like a normal like might have a, an actor you've seen. Between Sometimes. 500, and, well, 500 and, a million. and a million. 500 and 2 million. Okay, yeah. let's say anything in that range. Look at it, say, okay, I probably should... Uh, what do I want in my score? Okay, I think I need some songs. That's the supervisor's job. We need That's a separate budget. But they are going to buy some uh, pop songs. They're right, be but 25 that's not the composer's piece. job right, right exactly. now. Okay, here, here's the composer. Okay, uh, I want a score that sounds like this. Okay, yeah. talk to somebody. Say, yeah. what... What what's kind, possible? How much, what, Not what's, even your composer. Pick any composer in Hollywood and say what your this composer. Cost. Say yeah. we're considering. Pick somebody. Maybe you're considering. Pick a say, consultant. I mean, I've yeah. consulted on some stuff and ended up being the composer. Sometimes they end up not being. Composer, yeah. Whatever. I've, I've Point is, is like I think if you that. can plan ahead and say, okay, you know what? We got a two million dollar film. We have a forty thousand dollar music budget because that composer is going to use. Uh, he thinks he can record with this orchestra here, or there, or whatever. And he can make that happen. He can give us a score that sounds like this thing for this much, you know, or whatever, you know. Right. But think about that budget and then lock it down and do not don't go into it. that money because yeah. what'll happen is you'll run out of that money and your film will look great, but you won't have any money for a composer and then it'll sound like crap. Yeah. So make sure you budget for every aspect. Yeah. Yep. I've you been know. in this exact situation in the last week. With regards to visual effects. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, you might find that one guy who can... Who will do it. ...will work a miracle for you and do a great job. But it's becoming less likely because now, you know, there's bazillions of films being made now. Of course. Uh, You know, I I don't know. What do you... How do you feel about that? 
I'm I with t- you, I dude. I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, man. I guarantee I, a paycheck. I like that. No, most I, of the people who so. most of the people you know, who are really good at this job, in this case, whether it is film scoring or VFX, most of the people who are really good at this job will not work for your budget if you've eked it away to nothing. Right. And now you're just like, I've got a great looking thing here. What I need is this last little piece, VFX music. Yeah. And then the movie sits on your shelf for, or your hard drive for four years until you can I, make I have two and weeks then. and a grand. Yeah. Uh, can you I do mean, this? Just fuck off. Go budget, away. Budget yeah. up front. Find somebody that, I mean, because good composers will help you budget. And they won't be like, yeah. oh, give me 25000 yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I need yeah, 25000 No, I mean, itemize they'll actually it itemize so you know it. Yeah. I mean, I get, okay, this much money is going to go to 45 violin play, you know, string players. Yeah. And I'm going to record at this studio. And if you give me a little more, I'm going to record at this studio. And when I'm done, I can buy six yeah. Subway sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. You know, and, I mean, seriously, like, and yeah. then ultimately what happens usually for a good composer is like, they say, I'm going to keep this much for myself. And they probably will actually end up digging into their own paycheck yep, because they yeah, expect definitely. the music to be so because good. They're as attached I, to their yeah. their own product as the filmmaker is. I mean, bottom so. line is get somebody that will be passionate about it from from pre production yeah. and budget it. Not just passionate, but budget their budget. Make sure yeah. that they can like set aside the time and be a part of the team like any other person. Yep. Yeah. You know? And yeah. you know what? Um emerging composers, just to bring it all the way back to the beginning uh you guys uh if you are somewhat uncomfortable with the whole budgeting process and everything there's a book called the emerging composer by richard (laughs) bellis which is really good and it will totally just like give you a crash course in that whole business and then you can be the awesome guy that comes in and can tell the director what to expect or maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a show on that at some point we should (laughs) yeah that's a good point i mean you know i think i've i've heard many numbers thrown out there but i mean i think as a general rule you know the, the larger the budget of the movie the lower the percentage that is for music but it should never be less than one percent like a large budget movie will probably have a one percent low budget movies should have 2.5 to 5 percent of your budget should be dedicated yeah to if music. you got in my head that's all sounding right that sounds good if you got yeah. like a three hundred thousand dollar movie yeah you probably should have like ten thousand bucks right exactly yeah the lower the budget the closer to five percent it should be because because you know, obviously there's a there's a ceiling to but then to, to what the budget can be for music. Otherwise, you can't get the quality. But I think on low budget but, films, you should ask your composer what they're going to do with that money. Yeah, absolutely. Let show like have them itemize it so you know exactly what you're getting. Because I mean, they got to pay themselves, but you also got to know what they're can because you know they've got connections and they can make things happen. You know, right. I can record this many people. I can do that. Right. Know what you're getting because I know pe- filmmakers who oh you know I gave this guy twenty five thousand. I hear the score. It sounds like. MIDI stuff I had in 1998. Yeah, you know and I, mean? I just it's wonder, like, they, like you know, it, some emerging composer took took 30 grand and put it in their pocket and did the whole thing with you know with you or, know, or a hired a, like East they West hired some new guy to go or something like that and you're like oh my god I mean you, you completely screwed over that film. Yeah. So to sort of summarize this whole episode, <laughs> uh, composers or will be composers or or, or, or uh, beginning composers. Throw yourself into the music. Yes. Mm-hmm. Directors talking to composers. In all seriousness, yeah, I think the the actor analogy that we came up with is yeah. pretty damn accurate. I that think you that, came up uh, with, sir. You're you're just yeah, bringing but, it back to you. Yeah, but Gordy vetted it. So yeah, no, actually, as good. soon as you said sitting it, here waiting to as say soon it, as you like, said it, damn it, he no, said he was. It yeah, he had it chambered. But as soon as you said it, I was like, holy shit, that's a great point. 
yeah. yeah. No, it is. It's actually I, a great I, point. I think. Yeah. Talk to I the think composer it like you talk to your actors. Right. Talk to them like you are, you know, trying to pull emotion out of a performance, and right. and you'll get that same emotion out of your composer's performance. Right. That's the best way to communicate. Yep. But there you go. That's fascinating. I've never heard that analogy before. That's great. Yeah. Gertie, you're a genius. Thank you. And thank Alex. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to rip it away from you to see what you would do. I told it to him before we got here. So. Anyway, this has been Uncomposed. You can always find more episodes of this and other wonderful, fabulous podcasts with glitter on the sides at friendsinyourhead.com. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. You get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash friendsinyourhead. Facebook, Friends in Your Head. Email us at friendsinyourhead at gmail.com. Go to the forum. It's a wonderful community of people, and it's growing every day. Join us, and we'll talk about you. It'll happen. Go to the store, buy our shirts, and there's a big PayPal button on the front page. We're not asking. We're just saying. Holden Hill Design and maintain the website. And until next time, my name is T. Christie. Alex Berger. Kyle Newmaster. Gordy Hab. And this has been incredibly uncomposed. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. friendsinyourhead.com